0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to The View from Jamestown Podcast Edition. This is episode 71. This is the May 2022 edition, and we are sitting down this morning with TCC President Rob Roach, Inside Sales Manager Nicole Greenberg, and Latin American Operations Manager Javier Fernandez. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Ben. How's it doing? How's it going? How's it <laughs> yeah. so funny. Fantastic.
1: so <laughs> <laughs> We just had some good conversation uh. before this. Hopefully it continues, that's all.
0: I'm always amazed I don't forget you guys' titles. Like, <laughs> hey, as it's as
2: like
3: second nature to like you Like know. As I do the intro, I'm like, oh,
0: like I gotta make sure I remember everyone's titles as we're going around.
3: It, it's very smooth, Benny, I must say. Appreciate you it. You know. Appreciate it. How you guys doing?
1: And we're not title-centric around <laughs> here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> not, that's, <laughs> part, that's part of the problem, too. Yeah, it's not like, you know, you, you, you get raises in money, not titles, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it is impressive. Your memory is impressive. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. How's everything going?
2: Fantastic. Very
1: good.
0: How are you here? All good?
2: Yeah, looking forward to travel. Yeah? Travel season's coming up, so I'm coming up. getting
0: ready, getting ready. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Worldwide over here. Yes.
1: your
0: First Class. Senior First Class. <laughs> senior first, senior first class. <laughs> 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 I like this. We're going to stack up nicknames for you. I need I need less nicknames. You need more nicknames. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take th- we'll them. <laughs> I'll take them. Mr. Worldwide, Senior First Class. Uh,
3: yep. We've got to get him those Pipple sunglasses. Yeah. You know, Mr. Worldwide. Like really, yeah. Like yeah.
1: Doctor Concierge,
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> Javier, Javier, what's up, Fernandez? Yeah, that's that's that's, that's my, my, my main tool. <laughs> yeah,
3: we're up to what four or five already. This is great. Yeah, we hay. keep it going. It's <laughs>
0: easy. We got to keep it going. But so it is. Uh, it is mid-May, right in the middle of the month here. It finally starts to feel it is summertime, right? Like summer has officially started. Or we no, no, no,
1: no, no. Um, Memorial Day. Sh- Memorial Day.
0: What's what is summer? What June fifteenth?
1: Memorial Day is more summer. Uh, yeah, I think it's... It, well, The yeah. The It's like later in June when summer officially starts. Okay. It's like June 20th or 22nd. So it's technically, 22nd. technically
0: spring still. Yeah,
1: December 21st is when we start getting longer. And then I think June 21st or 22nd yeah. is when the days get shorter. Yeah. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's when summer officially begins. But it feels... It feels like, like so, summertime. Yeah, yeah nice the, nice weather.
3: Yeah, we're in the 70s. Finally. You know, yeah. yeah
1: we, we, we we needed it. We needed it. We, and we also need rain. It's so dry. The allergies are bad. Yes. Yeah, we were wearing heavy parkas just two weeks ago. I mean, it was like winter. Yep. Yep. All right.
3: Got to love New ones. So updates. now
1: we can complain about the allergies.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, like, double fisting flones next door. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. has <laughs> got, like, so... got, like, a belt holster for it. <laughs> yeah. something every That's season, right? It's good stuff. It's right? <laughs> <laughs> good stuff um but yeah finally feels like summertime which is which is nice up here i'm sure the boats are going in soon big yeah boat.
1: uh tomorrow or the next day yeah yeah heading almost ready almost ready beautiful
0: um yeah and i guess to will jump right into it we uh starting off with some chemical industry news Um uh, starting with something we're gonna i think feature a bit more regularly and kind of talk about what's going on in the industry obviously there's been a big trend of m&a and private equity and companies acquiring other companies strategically or whatnot over the past i mean i've been here five plus years and it's been a trend at least that long so i'm sure going on you know five ten years that
1: it's really sped up though i mean it's it's ridiculous the amount of consolidation and so many levels of the chemical industry and polymer industry and everything it's it's constantly who's buying who and who's selling you know and what what you know it's it, it's it's much more rapid pace right now. This is a good time for many of them to sell. You're seeing records, or record earnings, record profits, you know, yeah. et cetera. So, and uh, you know, in and in a, in a big focus on sustainable products and and the uh, you know the juxtapositions there people who are not in sustainable buying sustainable, et cetera. So yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, escalated in the in the last couple of years. Yeah,
0: we saw some news come out, I believe, yesterday that the Petronas company was purchasing PerStorp, uh, for, I believe the number I saw was 2.3 billion euros for the entire Persorp organization. Um, I think one of the, maybe more interesting purchases recently, cause it's a, another chemical company buying another chemical company versus private equity buying a chemical company or whatnot. So yeah, just heard about that one. And I think starting, it's a great deal honestly
1: yeah. for Patronus. So uh, yeah. I think, you know, if you look at their earnings and their profits, I think it's, uh, I think it's a smart move and it's a very good deal. And, uh, and uh, you know, I remember one of our first uh podcasts back in the day with uh, Jan Secker and uh, he's done a great job in CEO of Perstorp. Yeah, he's he's done a great job of uh developing that company. What a professional, um, you know, smart, smart gentleman and uh and I guess uh, this is what they really wanted. So uh they're getting they're
0: getting what they wanted. So yeah, the, the press releases have been interesting. It just sounds like there's a lot of strategic fits between the two of them. Mm. I'll be the first to admit, I didn't even know what Patronus was beforehand. I know, like, on the F1 thing, like, yeah. the, the Mercedes team just says Patronus. Bigger yeah,
2: they're a big Malaysian company, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's, a, it's a big, big conglomerate of, of, of different chemistries.
0: Yeah, it seems like a good strategic fit, you know, but what... Perstorp's kind of almost rebranding into it, trying to have more of a sustainability feel. I know they have some sustainable plasticizers we've been promoting and, and working right. with for a little while now. So it seems like a great fit, and obviously Perstorp's an important supply partner for us. And from what we've heard in the early conversation, it seems like it's a, a, a positive move for both companies. So we'll see yeah, not happens. just
1: the plasticizers and the sustainable products, but their intermediates are massive. They, you know, yep. So I think that it is a good fit and um, you know, good for Patronas.
0: We're also seeing... A lot of the q1 earnings coming out over the last couple weeks obviously mid-may so q1 january february march so companies obviously take some time to put those earnings and hearing a lot of record profits for the chemical industry a lot of people posting q1 increases whether it's some of the highest net profit um returns ever or just you know returns that are at all-time record highs um with the exception of maybe a handful of companies but for the most part you know i think companies are taking advantage of some of the higher prices out there and and things like crude oil coming up which you know taking advantage of being able to move prices up and there's a lot of I think money flowing around the chemical industry these days.
1: Most definitely I mean the the profits are record-breaking uh for so many and uh you know and, uh, and that's due to uh reshuffling of the the global economy and and traditional uh chemical producers are Consumers are more dependent upon them, yep. so you know the inflation. There is inflation, but you know the cost is a, a competitive cost versus other producers. And you know, after twenty years of depending on China to build new uh, capacities, which failed, honestly, you know, and tariffs, et cetera, yep. uh, they've been able to, to to get much higher prices, hence much bigger profits. And uh, I think those are going to be pushed down with the new costs of energy and and we're not seeing as rapid an increase in products because they're already inflationary and they're also very high yeah. so we're seeing things like um, you know three cents a nickel here and there where we were seeing 20 30 40 cents a pound increases not too long ago uh, due to uh, supply chain constraints and costs of transportation etc so, I mean we can go on and on but yeah, yeah. There, there's a reason why the profits are high and hopefully they use that to invest. Uh, to make more uh, more efficiency, um, you know, better uh, integration and things like that, rather than just uh, pay the CEOs and and the, and the top level management.
0: Yeah, I think we've heard a lot about companies investing in new plants, new geographies, you know, not. Relying on just one plant to be able to produce whatever you need, you're going to have two, three, four plants in different countries with different raw material bases to be able to have that security supply, which is, like you said, you know, a, a good reinvestment back to the company versus just you know, paying. Executives. Another another
1: big side effect of COVID is you know, regionality geographies is becoming more important. One of the reasons why the chemical company is becoming more important is we have salespeople in geographies throughout the Americas, and having those salespeople. You know, locally, uh, with travel restrictions and and maybe future travel restrictions and travel bans and you know all these different things, uh, you know, has become a, a big part of our value and uh, we're seeing that now in in production. You know, people are starting to see that. Hey, you know, I just got a recent container quote this morning of a box container twenty foot from China, ten thousand dollars to ship it over here. I mean, it used to be a good deal, it's not anymore. So the value of these regional players has increased dramatically.
0: Yeah, and I think a big part of that too is supply and demand fundamentals. I think we were talking this morning or yesterday a little bit about it, that demand continues to be high. I mean, is improving maybe a little bit, maybe logistics is easing up a little bit. Um, but demand certainly has remained high, which has obviously led to some of these record high profits. You know, the, the demand is there; people want to buy even after yeah. these higher prices. I think
1: there's a pause right now due to inflationary prices, but pe- people need to be cautious of that because you know you're looking at the cost of oil and gas and everything rise, um, which will trickle down to transportation and, and the cost of you know the raw materials costs will will go into the uh, products themselves. So people have to kind of be careful with this pause because you still see very low inventory on all levels. So, you know, when trans when automotive recovers, you know, with the chip issue and when, you know, housing, you know, kind of this wobble right now, Concern yep. about inflation fixes itself and people get back to building as much while well, the building is, is ravenous right now. But I think people have to be careful to, 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 to not pause right now in building their supply chain. Yeah. I think that's very important.
0: Yeah, and we're talking a little bit this morning too about obviously the, the Russia-Ukraine situation continues to be ongoing, and mm. not just even looking at that, but on a global scale, that's made a large impact on things like fertilizer prices and availability, mm-hmm. which has then made downstream implications for soybean and food products, so something we're continuing to watch, I think continuing to have a lot of interest in some of our fertilizer-type products.
3: Yep, we sure we have. <clears throat> had a major recent uptick in fertilizer product inquiries um, and to, to Rob's point about kind of, you know Building up your supply people are looking for not only second sources of supply because they've seen how the disruption in the supply chain Can majorly impact their production and you know just having that security um, and backup is is key and Building your relationships and making sure that you know you can be doing the best you can from an overall supply chain standpoint i think that that's you know one of the most important things and we'll see a lot more of that going forward is you know people trying to protect and you know really realizing the uh importance of the security of supply so definitely
0: yeah i think it's difficult projecting what's going to happen. Obviously, thinking about fertilizer shortages, you don't really realize how big of a deal it is until all of a sudden food prices skyrocket. Skyrocket. Or or, or
2: you're going to find it at the the grocery store. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) exactly.
3: Well, and I know we were talking about, you know, not only food shortages, but, you know, the formula shortage. um, And, you know, things that we would never necessarily... Uh, you almost take for granted um right. until it's not there and then you go wait what do we do and how do we overcome this and you know you're seeing uh these major impacts uh, across the board and um you know just how can we better plan for the <laughs> the unplannable yeah. but you know it's it's a tough thing to do but
0: you know yeah it's a great time to have you know security stock on the floor you know bring in product as you need it um definitely and get
1: the, don't get comfortable yeah you know don't yep. get too comfortable
0: I think in the early days of the podcast we talked about how like just-in- time deliveries were on its way out and I think they're gone at <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. as, as Javi would say Gone. gone. <laughs> it's gone Can't but
1: yeah I mean you know as far as fertilizer you know in um, speaking with our European counterparts I you know I asked them are you are you already in recession and they said no I don't think we're in recession yet um aren't you concerned about the war being on your footstep, you know, 800 kilometers away. And they don't think that, you know, bombs are going to be shot at Berlin or, or anything like that. On um, uh, Thank God. But what they are much more concerned than Americans about is supply of food, you yep. know, and I don't think that, uh, uh, and, and they're talking about this every single day. And uh, Americans aren't really yet speaking about it. We're more concerned about fuel prices and, and things that are already impacting us, but we Mm -hmm. will see, you know, the impact on everyday items, sunflower oil, dog food, you know, flour. you, you name it, It, it's coming. Um, and so, and as far as the Russia Ukraine war, this is going to be a long term thing. I don't think there's an immediate, um, resolution here that we're going to see and it's going to end overnight. So you know, these uh, impacts are, are going to really be something that'll trickle down and, and be a, a long-term issue.
0: Yeah, I was just at, I was at Dave's a couple of days ago, which is a local grocery store up here, and there's a sign on the thing when you're checking out. Like, you know, there's, we, they said something like, we're not currently dealing with, like, food shortages or supply shortages. We're dealing with logistics issues and right. logistics problems. Like, obviously like we've been talking about it. obviously right. we're we're so waste even it we've known there's trucking problems where we've been talking about it for two years three years but it's, it's amazing how we always talk about being kind of a microcosm of the general economy and now that's trickling down to like the grocery store has to put a sign up saying we right. can't get trucks I and mean, it's it's crazy how stuff kind of trickles down and the effects won't fully be seen by kind of the general public for you know years we're seeing
1: the cost still there but the availability of trucks on many levels is improving yep you know, because I mentioned the pause, there, there's there been a bit of a pause and there's also been a lot of uh, new resources coming into the trucking industry, both in um, new trucking companies and, and new operators. So, yep. you know, we're, we're starting to see, you know, we are a Microcosm and we see things before others do. We're starting to see that improve slightly. Yep. You know, the costs are still high. Sure. And of course, the real shock is the fuel surcharge. I mean, we were talking about, you're talking about double the cost in Canada right now. I think it was 87% yeah. fuel surcharge. So take your 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 freight costs, double it out of Canada. You were, In the U.S., we're still like 60%, 70%, something like that, which is below Canada, but still a major impact on the costs of anything you're having delivered. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is.
0: We talked a little bit about it just a, a second ago, but it continue to track energy pricing, crude oil, natural gas. Continues yeah, to be that's incredibly
2: expensive. Incredibly expensive, steep increases. At the moment, crude, crude is over one ten, natural gas around eight twenty five. So, so it's, we, we're gonna feel it. We're gonna feel it soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, natural yeah. natural gas was like four something in January. So year to date, you know, up one hundred and twenty percent or something like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy.
1: It's you know, and like I I think in the last podcast I said twelve or fifteen by summer. And I still I'm standing by that. It's going know. that way. Yeah, yeah. Well It's this, trying it's trying the right direction. No, no I don't <laughs> wanna be right about this one. <laughs> you know, I really don't. But uh you know and crude, I mean, we've seen it as high in what oh eight, oh nine. Did it go to like one so, no, forty or one thirty? One forty. One forty. So was the highest I think. You know, I I hate to say it, but that's gonna also, you know, continue and, and uh so you're going to see higher prices and on, on many levels, uh, you know, the things that are impacted by natural gas and, and crude, despite the inflationary costs yep. today.
0: And, it's, and it seems like it's, it hasn't really been any drastic increases. Like, there hasn't been a, really a day where it's up 10% and it rings all these alarms. Like, it just kind of has trickled up that way. Like, I was surprised when I went to go put the notes together from the last time we did this mid-April where it's like, well, like, you know, natural gas is up another $1.30, but I feel like we're not really, like, there's so many other things going on, like, we're almost not talking about it, but it's kind of this thing that's trickling well, up. Oh, you're app. right,
1: but it's very volatile. It also dropped in the meantime. Yep. You know, like, uh, you know, I, I I watch it every day, but you saw, you know, crude go down below 99 WTI. You saw, um, you know, gas back off in the sixes. Yep. Um, you know, so it's been very volatile. But, um, you know, diesel fuel, for example, is up here, uh, astronomically high we are exporting a lot of diesel right now to the eu what, what is diesel it. now here seven it was 649 699 i saw yeah it was kind of shocking to see that 699 a gallon it's uh <laughs> and gas is like
0: 475 Ooh, got 469 well, the national, yeah. of this the national average
1: yeah. of gas is now over four dollars yeah. and yeah. that's impacting the stock market as we sit here right now is that that fact right there.
0: I think, gas in California, I saw one of my, my buddies says like a Audi or something like that. He's paying like seven fifty a gallon. For, oh like my gosh, it's insane!
1: It costs wow. more. there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It costs more than breast milk costs nowadays. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I don't
0: know about that though. It might be. Uh, Nicole's it might be talking about gross. a new product
1: line: totes <laughs> and drums of breast milk because of the infant formula crisis. So <laughs> hey, you know. I mean,
3: uh, yeah, never say never, right? No. <laughs> Ben's like questionable. What uh, <laughs>
0: would have been a good April Fool's joke? Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, our, our, new, our new sales <laughs> guy doesn't know it's coming yet, but that's going to be, we're going to pull <laughs> one over on him. Oh, um, talking about logistics a little bit, obviously we're still, you know, China's still a, a good sized part of our business. There's certain products that can only come from China and that we use as a maybe a secondary sourcing option. So still dealing with a lot with China. Obviously they have their well publicized zero COVID tolerance policy going on, so that's impacted production, it's impacted sourcing, it's certainly impacted logistics. I know we've had a few orders continue to kind of get delayed here recently, but it seems like China's still been, uh, had some delays and some issues here recently.
2: Yeah, a lot of delays and all changes in regulations, so for example, like 30 days to 45 days for uh, inspection, now Mm -hmm. 60 days because they cannot get people, so it's affecting, definitely affecting the supply chain for sure. But it's 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 uh, right now Shanghai area it's it's on lockdown.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, you're also telling me the other day you're seeing impacts elsewhere because they don't have the containers because they're all stuck there. Yeah. So as well in Latin America and Latin Europe. Latin America, yeah, you're feeling
2: it already. Uh, you, the, the, the cost is just going before the the, the the cost wasn't affected as of yet. In uh, three months ago, four months ago, but now the price of freight is just. Moving an ISO tank between Brazil and Colombia is just twelve thousand dollars. Wow! It used to be three, four. It's, wow. a, it's a it's a seven day run. It's it's a quick run, but it just hmm. it's just very expensive.
1: Wow! What wow. about the availability of uh, containers and ISOs? Is it's that, not good? Yeah, because I remember you were talking about Colombia shipments. We're now waiting as long for shipments from Colombia, which are very quick normally. Quick.
2: Yeah, because of availability and shipping lines are not stopping. They're the 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 availability of lines are not there yet.
0: How many containers can you fit on your boat? Can you go send your <laughs> boat over? And, it's not know, a bad... we we'll, uh, we'll the uh, containers just for us. They'll be are we, very entrepreneurial
1: around here, so maybe <laughs> we yeah. should, you know, do that,
4: you right. know?
3: Oh, man.
0: Um, and I think we've been trying to get like some samples out of China recently. That's we, been problematic. We have. Problematic. So,
3: yeah, so we've had to actually route them from China to our sample handling facility here in the U.S. Um, because Shanghai has just closed down. So, um, I mean, we've done a great job at kind of circumventing that that challenge but still it, it adds one more layer to the to the whole process and you know um and that's
2: more time too
3: yeah more time and you know the there's a whole other customs level that we never necessarily had to deal with before because you know our uh, sample hand, handling facility in in china used to you know manage all that yeah. so you know it just adds another layer but i mean it's good for us to have that um that as an option you know it seems um, like our
1: office in china has been doing great they're, they've been doing fantastic yeah they're and very responsive he, and
3: and it, you on know, top
1: of things and making offers. And
3: well, and they're the ones who have said, hey, listen, you know, we can get you these samples, but you know, we're going to have to send them direct to the facility in the U.S. And we're like, hey, yes, of course, do yeah. that. And they're very you know, forward moving in that you know, their business operation doesn't stop. So right. you know, they, they've been a great asset to us, for sure.
0: And we talked a little bit about it in the beginning, but you're getting ready to get back on a couple airplanes here soon? Yes,
2: yes, it's quiet right now. Maskless. Maskless, yes. yeah, that's, that's new. Plan. That's new. That's new. I think what two, three weeks ago. Ooh, it was a good,
0: good three plus weeks ago. I mean, yeah, it was a... two weeks ago. Yeah, maskless, weeks ago. maskless
2: traveling, but I don't know what how how it works internationally. I don't know. It just it's a good question. I don't know how it works, but
3: well, for your sake, I hope that it's maskless. <laughs> I, ho- I hope so too. I,
2: ho- I hope so too. Yeah, so I have the UTech show coming up. That's uh that's next week. That's a polarity show. In Mexico City, it's, uh, UTEC Las Americas 2022, that was delayed because of COVID or, or canceled before, but now it's happening.
0: And that's an annual show, biannual show?
2: Biannual show. Yep. So it's a good attendance. Uh, we have we have exhibited in the past, but we're not exhibiting, we're just walking the show this time. Good, solid exhibitors, so
0: it should be a good show. Meeting with both customers, suppliers, it's a both kind of show. Both customers,
2: suppliers, competition, friends, yeah. everybody, <laughs> I, I meet with everyone. Yeah.
0: Senor, what's over here? Senor, yeah, what's <laughs> up? yeah. And then on,
2: on the Latin American front, uh, turnover season is over, so we have regular supply, and, and we're looking in, and finding new suppliers in, in, in South America. Uh, still, we're always looking for, for, for increasing our, our sourcing capabilities are really great at the company. And we're always looking and, and we're finding, we're finding new suppliers for different products. It's amazing and, and just out of the border, you know, yeah. like Argentina, Chile, Colombia, Brazil, yeah. Peru, in some cases, so.
0: So some good and bad in there, getting new suppliers and contacts, which is great, but now there's some logistics challenges that yeah, in the, the store. Yeah, well, you, gotta, so. you, gotta,
2: you, gotta look, you gotta look other places, you know, yeah. and we're finding them, so, you know, instead of shipping from Korea, now we can ship from Argentina or, or, or you name it, you know, we can do, yeah. we can do some reshuffling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I think a future topic we might want to have uh, on this podcast is you know the value of non-integrated suppliers throughout this supply chain crisis. I mean, you look at like the monsters of our uh, industry, the big integrated down to oil producers are either sold out or not operating at capacity or, or shut down or having problems. We've had to flip to people that have to source raw materials on the open market and supply places like, you know, Korea, Chile, Turkey, et cetera, you know, that we've had to, and the value of them has been tremendous, but because they're not integrated, the, the there's a lot more energy wasted. There's a lot more, you know, so it's not a good thing for the world. You know, we need to support those chemical companies mm-hmm. that have the infrastructure, but the value at times like this have been essential.
0: Yeah, they can buy their raw materials from elsewhere. They can, they're not just handicapped only buying their own or using their own internal The price production. might be
1: higher, but it's available. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, and that's something that I don't think that the chemical industry has really recognized throughout this, you know, uh, pandemic and supply chain crisis, right. you know, and... Uh,
0: and I could see the negative PR from, like, the waste for, like, you know being using a non integrated producer to make more sneakers and like stuff that you don't necessarily need. But like when you think about like, you know, all the medical supplies that are made from plastic and right. from the chemical industry, like things that are mandatory for the world. I mean, if if it's not having blood bags or if it's having more expensive blood bags slightly, like I think it's a pretty easy choice. Right, right. You know, absolutely. For certain things it certainly makes sense. Definitely. So a lot going on there. A lot of lot of topics. A lot of topics a lot of, uh, topics, yeah. a lot of freight I don't know if "concern" is the right word, but obviously there's some there's yeah. some good news and some bad news on the freight yeah, side of freight things.
2: Yeah, freight concern and then just the pricing, you know, expensive yep. and the availability is not there, so it's just it's a lot of a lot of moving parts.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have uh, we have our friends over at the logistics company on this episode, so they'll give us a a bit more of a in depth look on what they're seeing day to day on the freight side too. So we'll hand it off to Joe Hassenfats from the logistics the logistics company. Morning, Joe. How Morning. How are we doing, Ben? Doing very well. Awesome. Nice to have you back on the podcast. Thank you for having me. As always, been a couple months, I think. Yeah, and January, uh, maybe
4: no masks. No masks. Yeah, we. Oh, I it's think it's not that long. Do huh? we beat COVID?
0: Maybe. I mean, supposedly, yeah. supposedly. I know AJ's flying. Did did you you flown since you'd have to wear a mask?
4: Yeah, so I was in beautiful northwest Arkansas last week, and uh, the first weird. time on a flight with yeah. no mask. Survived. Survived. Everyone <laughs> made it. Who knew? Ironically, yeah. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I, I think I flew like a day or two after that was dropped and literally two percent of people were still wearing a mask. Like yeah. everyone just dropped it. Exactly. Everyone was Everyone's done with it.
4: Just, yeah. Fly flying with a mask and yeah. it's kind of a, a long day. And if you're sick, I get it. If you're
0: sitting next to someone that's coughing and put a mask on, so be it. Like it's kinda normalized it in society, I think. Right. But it's nice to not
4: have to wear it anymore. Hey, amen. Amen.
0: Um Yeah, no, you've been you've been traveling. We've had a lot of trade shows that we've been at both uh, jointly as well as a lot of shows you're doing individually here recently. Yep. So I uh, know you've been all over the place, talking to all kinds of different people on the world of logistics these days. Um,
4: been a busy couple of months. My has... pregnant wife is thrilled to uh, <laughs> maybe have a, a little bit of a common,
0: yep. but yeah, yep. it's been busy. What's the uh, What's the state of logistics these days?
4: Busy, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, still still quite busy out there. Um, obviously, going to as many shows as we've been. A um, lot of new prospects, a lot of new opportunities. Um, trying to get through all of those in a orderly, professional fashion. So, yep. uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. Obviously, uh, growing is always a good thing. Yep. Um, but doing it in a uh, a nice, refined manner is kind of our focus, yeah. and, and making sure we're not missing opportunities, dropping customer service, um, while still growing our. our carrier base as well
0: yeah I think the last time we had you on was around the beginning of kind of the whole Russia Ukraine war situation which drove crude oil natural gas through the roof which then impacted fuel surcharges obviously a big big topic on the freight side of things so been a couple months since then I think the fuel surcharge thing has been less of a topic but I know has remained at kind of historical highs but what's the update with uh with truck freight and how the fuel surcharges are impacting your guys's yeah
4: so uh we're starting to see capacity uh come back uh you know pretty pretty well um tender rejections is the uh the hot word right now in uh all the supply chain world uh especially on the dry van sector um tender rejection is usually a pretty good indication of kind of where capacity is at so right now tender rejection is uh on the downslope um but and that's the number of like bookings that you guys are requesting that are getting rejected
0: correct is that what that means yeah
4: so uh, as you know, most carriers are are not rejecting as many tenders. That's a pretty good indication that is on the rebound. Um, combating that is uh, diesel prices at you know record highs that continue to be at record highs, and uh, uh, that's certainly pushing um, some people to make certain decisions as to how they want to move products, stage products, store products, sure. um, all that that fun stuff. So um, we're that we're certainly seeing uh, diesel. Which we think it's going to start to come down hasn't really come hasn't, down yeah. as as things are lingering over uh, over in Europe.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been interesting, and, and obviously fuel surges, surcharges. I think the last update we saw this week something like fifty, fifty-five percent in the U.S. and up to like seventy-five, eighty-five percent coming out of Canada.
4: I think eighty-six percent out of Canada, which is <laughs> incredible, unreal. Yeah, they they're they're skyrocketing at a rapid rate. We're we're holding kind of low fifties uh, right now, but it's still you go to the pumps and pushing almost $6 in and, and yeah. diesel is, it's tough.
0: Coming from historical norms of what, like 25, 30%, 35%. Yeah. I mean,
4: so, uh, four months ago, five months ago, we're mid twenties, maybe low thirties. Yep. You know, that's, that's a big jump.
0: And we're saying that, would you say 50, 55% now?
4: Yeah. We're mid fifties, uh, right now. And, uh, doesn't seem to be, slowing down yeah you know
0: and so that fuel surcharge. i guess i know we mentioned it last time but if you're not familiar so the if the line hauls a thousand bucks and the fuel surcharge is 50 percent, that makes it 1500 bucks all in more or less that's the math yeah crazy yeah so i mean a direct impact to you know the bottom line to people's logistics costs absolutely
4: yeah i mean that's it's a big factor when you look at certain uh certain moves you know I, i think when we're talking about maybe a less expensive commodity sure and all of a sudden you're lumping on 50% Fifty percent fuel on top of that—that—that yep. that, that definitely impacts certain decisions. Yep.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure. I, you know, you mentioned earlier people reevaluating some of the logistics channels. I know two ways people might be able to do that is moving things LTL. So maybe moving some smaller shipments to try to improve freight rates, or go the other direction and look at more rail freight. Yes. Um, I know two things that TLC is big in. Um, how has obviously it's two opposite ends of the spectrum, but how's that? Those uh, those various modes of transportation been? Yeah.
4: So I I, I think you know, that thought process right there is a a pretty good example of exactly what people are looking into and and exploring that they may not have explored before. LTL, um, transit times was an issue, especially coming into the new year. Um, We're seeing those start to come down a little bit. Uh, The congestion seems to be coming down a little bit. Um, Rail, however, um, as more of these longer hauls um, become more and more expensive via truck, uh, a lot more customers are starting to explore if intermodal is is a better option. so we're seeing that some of the pricing uh from two three months ago that was more more competitive is starting to maybe distance itself as as a more competitive option as the rail starting to catch up as uh trucking continues to raise with the the fuel impacts yeah
0: yeah it obviously adds new layers of congestion too i don't know you know from the tcc side of things we're looking at utilizing rail to almost act as like a mini short tank and tough to reach a tough to reach areas but then you got to put that rail car somewhere and then obviously manage truck shipments from that rail to the customer, which is shorter than doing a truck all the way, but you still got to figure that logistics lane out and make sure you have partners there and whatnot. Absolutely.
4: And I think, you know, to your point of, you know, the liquid side of things, um, liquid is always slow to catch up to whatever's happening within the, the dry van sector. So, um, as much as we're talking about tender rejection and the drive-in liquid bulk still is usually six to eight months behind any sort of market adjustment so um capacity in in the more um liquid bulk realm is is quite a ways off as far as opening up capacity but uh that doesn't mean we're not still searching for every avenue to provide options and Course. do exactly what you just said, which is if it's easier to move it via rail and get you know an, a liquid tanker on it that can do you know a couple runs, yep. then that's probably more appealing to a carrier than doing that 750 mile one way trip exactly. and, and taking someone out of the mix yeah. for three or four days. Yeah,
0: and something we haven't really got into too much in the past. I know we've talked about LTL freight in the past. Um, obviously, a big part of that includes obviously having material package to be able to then move LTL. Um, I know a big part of TLC's business is helping with transloading and repackaging and things like that, which obviously includes buying and availability of things like IBC totes and steel drums or plastic drums. Um, Something that hasn't really historically, I think, been an issue is obviously availability of those things. You know, if you want something packed out, you order the drums, you order the totes. A week later they show up and you Mm transload. Not necessarily the case anymore. And that's, I guess, been a interesting topic and has added some delays as well with just the availability of these yeah. physical things
4: so again i think this and a lot of um distributors have realized since the beginning of covid you know if you have the material you're probably head of the game uh in most situations right um so having some package material to at least get to an end user um can certainly help um like anything we're we're Usually asking for the best amount of lead time as possible. Um, availability, we have great partners within the drum and uh, tote world. Um, they they provide uh, really fast turnaround, especially with um, when we forecast and have accurate forecasts to them. Um, if we're looking for anything specialized within the the totes, drums, packaging world, usually that's going to you know require a little bit more of a lead time, um, but certainly something that that we can always assist with. Yeah,
0: yeah, something that you know, we, we we got more and more on the packaging side of things. I think with COVID and logistics issues and stuff, people wanted emergency inventory on the floor and whatnot. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, that's all good and great, but it's gonna be three weeks to get totes. Like, we need to be three weeks to get totes. Yeah. Or we've heard of customers, especially if you're not doing a ton of packaging, that you can't get I mean, we get the power of economics by doing a bunch of it and you guys obviously are in the same boat, but if you're a brand new to packaging and you're calling guys for the first time saying, Hey, I need totes, are like, well, you know, sorry.
4: Yeah, I, I, we have a pretty good stack of totes. Um so our our turnaround times pretty solid um, if you need a, a specialized tote you know steel cage yeah. tote or um, certain fittings or anything to kind of you know assist with your end user yeah that's yeah. usually when we need a little bit more of a heads up
0: but again I think a big positive to work with a company like TLC is obviously you guys have the power of economics you're buying 100 totes a month whatever it is so rather than if you're a company that only needs 10 totes a month you get that buying power that you guys have so a great great yeah. avenue for TLC and yeah
4: exactly we'll usually have a pretty good stock of that
0: yeah um, I know the last thing we usually talk about is the status of ports, imports, exports. I know Ocean Freight continues to be interesting. Um, we talked a little bit on the TCC side of things on the status of things like uh, the Port of China, which obviously has some COVID concerns and shutdowns and whatnot. Um, how you guys dealing with ports and things these days?
4: So, yeah, we're we're starting to see that um, a lot of the drage companies we're typically reaching out to um, have some better capacity. Um, it's not nearly the laughing us off, you know, asking for two, three, four weeks out, um, usually they, they're finding a way to, to get us in. Uh, the ideal is just having the heads up uh, from the, the shippers as far as what that free time is yeah. and, and allowing us to work within that. Um, sometimes when we hear, oh, yeah, last three days, tomorrow, can you get it out? That's challenging, Not right? Not <laughs> Yeah, challenging. At <laughs> yep. certain ports, we still can make miracles happen, um, but... Uh, we're, we're starting to see that at least age companies are coming forward with a lot more availability, um, flexibility as far as when certain uh, receivers can take containers or shipments uh, okay. and working within kind of those guidelines. Whereas it used to be a little bit more of the, well, this is when we can do it. Does that work? Type yeah. Of a deal.
0: Yeah. I think we've talked in the past about that idea of making your freight as appealing as possible, whether that's, yeah. you know, having certain requirements, maybe loosened up a little bit or mm-hmm. giving people as much heads up as possible, not yeah. saying, hey, we need this picked up tomorrow, you know, give us a week, give us 10 days, whatever it is yeah. to try to make things work. So. Absolutely.
4: And and I, th- I think even as the environment starts to open up, that's still an ongoing thing, right? I, yeah. I think that's when you open yourselves up and you're going to get the most competitive rate possible when right. you don't start lumping on certain requirements. Right.
0: Well, Joe, appreciate having you on. Good yeah. to have you on the episode again. Absolutely. What's uh, what's you. coming up over the next couple of weeks and months, both on the uh, show front where people can find you as well as, you know, if people aren't traveling yet, how they find you online.
4: Yeah. So um, traveling, we'll be at the uh, Charleston show, the specialty and agrochem uh, show down in uh, Charleston uh, end of June. Um, be a fun one. Uh and then online, logisticsco.com, uh any inquiry, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm sure they will always throw up a link as far as our email and um all that good stuff. But um Looking to help out as many people as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whether you're streaming this on the video version, you can see Joe's, you know, face right here, or uh, <laughs> on the audio version, wherever you can scroll down, we'll have Joe's email and obviously the website. So feel free to scroll down or reach out um, via email or website to get in contact with these guys. Sure. Um, appreciate having you out again, and talk to you soon.
4: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Joe. All right, moving on to uh, price updates and trends here. Obviously, we are in mid-May, which is a good time to, I think, recap what we saw for May. And then obviously we're starting to hear about June increases, decreases, what's happening both based on supply and demand as well as what raw materials are doing. Um, So I know things were, I guess, relatively flat coming into May. Plasticizers relatively flat. Uh, We actually saw a a bit of a methanol decrease as we come out of the heavy season for methanol. Um, So we're obviously recapping what we saw for May and then thinking about what we're starting to see for June here.
1: You're looking at me, so I don't know if I have any answers for this. Uh, What's
0: the crystal ball say for for, for well, June? Well,
1: um, for June, um, we're coming into the driving season, or you know, we've come into it. You know, so there's been an emphasis on on fuels, um, and and demand, uh, you know, is certainly high. Uh, we're expecting a a, a very robust uh, driving season, summer travel season. Uh, we're also seeing people return to travel, as Javier mentioned, not just domestic, but international uh, hearing of uh, even some a friend of mine uh, owns a hotel in Samoa and they're opening up in August. These are, you know, sort of they've been closed down completely afraid of uh, the COVID pandemic. And um, so, yes, travel, international travel will return. Um, demand for fuels will be high. Uh, you're going to see, um, you know, increased demand on, uh, you know, WTI crude, uh, Brent crude, uh, gas for, uh, you know, for export to uh, EU, uh, both from the U.S. and from the Middle East. Um, I think that uh, China will come out of their complete lockdown slowly here, but um, they have to return to some normalcy. So, you know, my prediction is, again, you know, I think we've already covered it, is that you're going to see raw material cost increases and uh, and freight increases. I mean, you know, you're going to see, and, and, and I'm going to continue with my prediction, that you're going to see a problem with death, you know, uh, if, if fertilizers are unavailable. We're selling a lot of it right now um two places that normally would never buy because they can't get it from russia so this is
0: and having uh, and having challenges with it right they're
1: having challenges. uncoded urea so i have a truck that requires death and if i run out it tells me i only got 200 miles and i can't drive it anymore so i mean this is all the new trucks in the united states have to have you know dox abatement so i'm you know so i think there's going to be a problem there but you know coming into things you know, you know that was a little surprising to see propylene moderate a little bit uh come down slightly possibly um you know uh you know some of these things are you know they're kind of staying the same flat to down a little bit and there's also some forecasts that show them going down uh towards the end of the year yep. which might be possible but um i i don't think i'd be waiting right now uh, i just feel like i'm repeating the same yeah, thing no you know, it's, so.
0: i think you know Plasticizers are starting to trend up a little bit. Benzene's been up 30, 40 cents from the last contract settlement, so that points to things like a dipic being up. Crude oil continues right. to tick up, so that'll impact raw material production. Will certainly likely impact fuel surcharges. Don't anticipate a fuel surcharge decrease coming for June. Um, and obviously, natural gas, you know, trickling up another dollar uh, twenty or yeah, so. Yeah, all,
1: all of the you know the major uh, fertilizers will be in- impacted by natural gas. Methanol will be impacted by natural gas. Yep. Everything in the chemical chain is impacted by natural gas. You're talking massive costs in, in Europe for, for natural gas. So that's really the highlight right now, but crude is catching up as a highlight.
0: Yeah. I know NatGas here was like 8.30 last I checked yesterday. I don't know what Europe has been. I know AJ tracking it for a little while and he could probably get an update in the next episode, but the, the Delta with Europe certainly has been high. Very high. How would you concur?
1: Concur. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: a big Delta. Are there similar price drivers or things coming out of like Mexico, Latin America? All the same.
2: We have just followed the U.S. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. is our main main, and everyone's looking at the U.S. Yeah, because the U.S. is very, very strong at the moment, you know. And everyone I'm getting calls that let's 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 distribute in the U.S. Let's do it because the other regions are not doing so well. Yeah, the U.S. Is, I mean. It's a superpower, you know.
1: It's that's yeah. that, that's a great point, Javi. It's it's like everything's coming here, right? Everything now. Everything's coming. We're here. we're actually consuming, consuming. Yeah. You know, China shut down. You know, Europe is it's Europe mess is a mess, a mess. I mean, the Middle East and, and Latin America are, are just not strong consumers in small. general. There's small, small markets, so we're sort of the beacon of the world. So a lot of people are interested in this market. So it's yeah. a, it's a it's a great point, Javier.
0: All right moving on featured products some new products we want to talk about here I think one of the featured products we'd like to really highlight in this view is our uh, our position on kflex uh, one of our or our sole benzoate plasticizer product line um, something we've managed and sold and, and worked with our producing partner for a long time um, Rob might be a good time for you maybe just to jump in on the background of that relationship obviously we've sold it as long as I've been here and I may you know manage it day to day but you were really really pioneered it back when we first started handling that product
1: yeah um it's, gosh, it's got to be over a decade uh, that I uh, met with Shamsi Gravel and uh, Emerald Kalama. Um, saw the uh, emergence of DOTP as a, uh, a, a general purpose plasticizer for flexible vinyl. Knew the benefits that Benzoates brought to, um, you know, these uh, this this particular plasticizer, which is not a great plasticizer in in our opinion. Um, but when you add the benzoates it, it becomes a much better plasticizer. It's an additional additive, an additional step, but it's kind of necessary to mitigate migration and also for stain resistance and things like that. But you know, uh, sometimes Ben you, you talk about plasticizers a lot because it's in your line, but we're not just a plasticizer company. Yep. But what we started really selling this to was adhesives and these these products are well used in adhesives have been for, for, for many, many years. And uh and recently Lanxis, who's a, a friend of ours, a customer, a supplier, uh speaking of MA, bought uh Emerald Kalama and we're happy to be continuing with them on these K Flex products.
0: Yeah, so we manage sales really throughout the US especially. Mm-hmm. Um package sales, bulk sales. Um, to a variety of different applications. It's I think one of the more fun product lines too, because there's some pretty fun applications. We sell to a company that produces pool floats and things like that. So right. a lot of fun applications that go along with it. a lot of a lot of fun, I think selling that product because there are a lot of cool end uses for it.
1: High quality product, too. I mean, and mm-hmm. there's not a and they're integrated the benzoic acid and uh, yep. they have a lot of, um, you know the, the 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 one thing against them is their location. Yeah. You know, they're Kalama, sort of like
0: beautiful Kalama, Washington. I know. I, <laughs> love the, I love to I love the visit
1: there and hike, you know, but it's not not necessarily the greatest place for um, a production plan but again this is why we add value we we bring rail cars across the the the, the country and uh or they do and supply us with trucks and totes and drums yep. and and we manage uh local inventories and do things that we, and we're really looking forward to growing with Lanx is uh, not only with the K-Flex products but their their other esters as well
0: yeah I couldn't have said it better myself it's a I have a great great relationship with them historically and especially now on the K-Flex products and I know one of the products we have plenty of capacity and room to grow. So hopefully something that we can continue to develop and, you know, hopefully this soundbite gets out there and, you know, if there are any interest in in the Benzoate plasticizers or questions on how it may be used or looking for a sample or whatnot, we're happy to help with those. Absolutely. Um, And one of the things you mentioned too, obviously in the beginning, we aren't just a plasticizer company. We have a a wide, diverse portfolio of, of products, you know, chemical products, for every application, and I think one of the things we'd like to highlight, especially with you know Javier here, is our, mm-hmm. our sourcing capabilities and the the ability to really procure materials, big small things that are in our wheelhouse, things that are brand new to us. Um, you know, between our sourcing office in China and Javier's contacts, bring, bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> between that, that, that contact list on WhatsApp, you know, we can we uh, we, we got some great sourcing. Uh, capabilities. It's
1: been impressive lately. You know, products that were just, you know. Being um, a distributor, we've got a lot of friends in distribution, you know, and and products are coming off the market because of production problems or transportation supply chain, but they're also being, you know, people are stopped producing because they can't get raw materials, et cetera, or just cutting a product line. And I've been impressed with uh, all of you and the rest of our sales team, you know, just seeing... Things that aren't on our website that we aren't carrying, we aren't basic, and we aren't, um, you know, a distributor for a producing partner. Um, we've sourced them very easily, and very quickly. Even yep. when people needed eleven hundred pounds of something immediately uh, for production, and somebody uh, got out of producing it, we've we found them an alternate very quickly. So, yeah, it's really important to highlight our our global. Um, offices, our global footprint, our domestic footprint with uh, our great friends in distribution, whether it's you know uh, a million pounds or a thousand pounds, we got your back. Give us a call because if nothing else, we're not always trying to make money on it either. I've seen many times where we just pass it off and said, Hey, call our friends over at this distribution company, they got it for you, you know. So that's that's something that, you know, we champion all the time, you know, and 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 it's great to see the sales team, you know, help people out, you know, and not be greedy about it. Hey, you know, call this guy. This is your guy to, to handle that or this girl. So, um yeah, it's, you know, we have those capabilities. We can source just about anything.
0: Yeah, and the investment in it, too, is, is always impressive, you know, between having the full-time office in China, which a lot of companies wouldn't commit to doing. Right. You know, Javier going to, we'll talk about it in a minute but the Middle Eastern coding show you know you can go down to that show and, and not leave the show with an order in hand but you leave with 2025 contacts for global sourcing or, or potential customer opportunities that in itself is a success it, it may yeah. be a, a negative ROI on paper but you walk out with those contacts that's invaluable right there
1: right we, we, we don't want to give away our secrets but we also pay for a lot of tools yep you know mm-hmm. that we um. We know who has it at this moment because we can go and look at the data yep. or data, depending yep. on how you say it. <laughs> we always have this <laughs> debate. But anyway, we, we have tools and we can find out who has something you need very quickly, especially if we have um, you know, a CAS number or you know, um, what's it, H-HS, What's the code? The, uh, HTS. HTS code or whatever. I mean, we can find it. So we have the tools. Give us a try
0: that's so why you pay high for the big bucks that's what's up what's up here right yeah that's right of course <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh.
0: um, yeah we got some great trade shows coming up too which yeah. goes back to really everything we've been talking about meeting with suppliers and with customers and making new connections both on the customer front and on the supply base yeah um, What's, uh, what's coming up for shows here, Nicole? So
3: as we've touched on, um, we have Javier who will be uh, at UTech down in Mexico, uh, Mexico City, uh, t- the end of the month. So very exciting on that front. We have uh, Chemicals America coming up in Charleston um, late June. Uh, we have a booth there. Um, starting to set up meetings, customers, suppliers, um, you say
0: When you say we're setting up meetings, you mean your setting up meetings? Nicole's on top of it for the show.
3: Well, you know, I think it's important with uh, the way, so think about it, everyone's back into travel, they're getting out there. Yeah. You know, you want to make sure that you're in the schedule, everything's important. You want to make those connections, and you know, yep. no matter how much time or, or little time you're in a place, make the most of it. Yep. You know, and we're always here to connect with everyone, and we love you know, building these relationships. So, I'm you not regular, no, a I know. Bad, you know I'm <laughs> I, I, hey, I packed three weeks doing in doing advance, yep. I know you guys love that. I'm ready to go anywhere, boom, yep. I love it. Yep. Um, and following that, we have Javier going to the Middle Eastern Coding Show um, in Dubai in June as well. Um, we have have the Southwestern Fertilizer Show in Nashville that is uh mid July um AJ and corey will be there um and we are also potentially looking at ICast down in Orlando so uh that's uh, the third week in July so good luck to those who <laughs> yeah that that'll that's be a brave. hot one that's, <laughs> brave. that's very brave um, well, Dubai <laughs> is brave in <laughs> yeah. June yeah that's 100,
2: 110 degrees 115 oh, that's whew. I need a dry feet suit
3: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> but for 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 a full list of trade shows and events that you know TCC will be participating in please feel free to visit the chemco.com we have a trade show and event tab uh drop down check it out and get some more details on that and reach out schedule a meeting and you know you know we'll we're looking forward to seeing everyone out and on the road and connecting.
0: Man, I've taught you so well. Just put the put the website plug right in there. <laughs> it's second proud. nature now. We're it is. Proud. I love it. You know. Proud. Hey. Uh. But yeah, that kind of wraps things up. Good episode. Lot mm-hmm. lot going on. I think A lot couple, going on. couple things internally to talk about. We've obviously got a exciting new salesperson starting here at the office in Jamestown, which is Jack Rose. Is yeah, fun.
1: yeah. Break out the whip, guys. You know, <laughs> get them hit. Get them hitting the phones and getting out. Getting them out and hit the streets. Yep. Yeah, absolutely.
0: He took a he took a call in the office the other day. Did he? Yeah, wow. Day, wow! You let day, him take a two? call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: These micromanagers are
2: are giving up a, a little bit. Uh,
0: Fifty thousand tons of urea to to India, I think. Oh, was. really? Okay, I'm sure we'll get
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that bid. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um we're working on. He must our, have gotten excited about that though. <laughs> huh? oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because AJ tells the same story. Like when AJ started, you get like similar calls, and he would run to your office, and be like, "Rob, look what I got," and you're like, "No, dude, go go, do, go, yeah. To, yeah. go, do, go do something else." Uh, so it's, it's actually kind of funny that that was his first phone call of anything that could have happened.
3: Yeah, he's like, "Hey, well, this came <laughs> in," and Ben was like, "Oh man, I'll let me tell you about that."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. You're also neck deep in planning our sales meeting a couple weeks coming up.
3: Sure am. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. It's been since 2019. We haven't had the whole team together um, and back. So, yeah, very exciting. Looking forward to having the whole group uh, back in Newport, Rhode Island and, you know, seeing everyone. And, you know, we've got some fantastic technical presentations from, you know, suppliers and producing partners lined up as well as, you know, internal presentations. So it's going to be an awesome awesome week yeah. so
1: i gotta start making my presentation are you yeah. guys done with your presentation yet have
0: you no. even started no. 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 Blaster. No. Blaster. We, we better get started it's, on all, it's
3: all up here the, you know? info no. be, <laughs> no. okay. the
0: info needs to be fresh you know we gotta, we gotta exactly. wait a little while
3: exactly things change like so you know
1: it is a robust schedule and and it's kind of cool too that like you know we do have some people that are you know um they can't travel because of covid so yep. we're doing you know, we doing...
3: we have a virtual setup that you know yeah. uh, three years ago you never would have thought that the capacity to involve people who are unable to you know make these events and whatnot uh, you know and it's amazing that you can incorporate them and make sure that they're involved and you know a part of the information sharing and just the I mean that relationship building everything I mean it, it's fantastic I yeah, love like,
1: it like our China office can't travel right now obviously yep. get them involved but I you know I remember we were having quarterly sales meetings during. Uh, uh, COVID, you know, lockdowns. And and it was one morning, I think we were on with uh, Germany, Mexico City, yep. and then like Taiwan or something. <laughs> like this was like 9, 10 and 11 a.m. And it was like, wow, this yeah. tool is never going away. No. You know, like how.
3: It's invaluable. It really I is. Mean, I mean,
1: it's... as much as we got like Zoom fatigue, which we don't use Zoom, but like still today, like we have people that have had major health issues. They can't come and be sitting in a room with 30, 40 of us, yep. you know, and have the sales meeting at risk of getting COVID, but they can still participate. So some of these tools will continue to use and, and they are invaluable.
3: Yeah. It, it doesn't replace the face-to-face, but it does add that layer in between where you're still that involvement and that, you know, it, it's your presence. Right. You're still able to be there. So it's definitely, like you said, invaluable. And we're glad that we can incorporate that into our sales meeting. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. And the podcast has been great. We've got a lot of exciting content coming out. We have our episode with Ivana coming out here soon. It's a three part series talking about phthalates and plasticizers. So just putting the final touches on that, and that should be out here in the next week or two. Uh, We've got uh, Petrochem Wire coming here in June. Uh, One of the great organizations, Kathy Hall. uh is out there. I lobbied
1: for that in at, at AFPM. Yeah. I was like, Kathy, she's so brilliant. You know, I was like, come on, Kathy, you gotta come on. Yeah. So I'm really happy that she's She's actually gonna be here, visiting. She's gonna be here. Yeah. That's yep. fantastic.
3: Very
0: excited. One of our first like in-person outside guests in a long time, which is nice. I'm excited about the Avonic
1: uh three part series too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's gonna be awesome. Yep. Yeah, a lot of
1: the myths, a lot of the people
2: misinformation out there. Yeah. Just clear things up, you know, coming from the the source. Right? Exactly.
1: exactly. That. It's, it's amazing to me that, you know, I mentioned to people even this week, you know, you, you, you haven't seen it on our podcast. You do a podcast? I'm like,
3: <laughs> oh, you, Come yeah. On. Yeah. you know,
1: like uh, we got to do a better job of promoting this, Benny. And you know? I don't know. So, so you know, it, it's it's certainly out there. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's some really intense information that's being yeah. not, not just us you know but i'm I'm talking about like the avonic podcast the, now with kathy and you know the f- upcoming podcast is
0: fantastic yeah absolutely so we're looking forward to having kathy on i think mid to late june and that'll likely be out early july so be a good kind of mid-year i think summary of what we've seen so far for the year in terms of pricing availability and raw materials and, and what's to come so looking forward to having her and then we will have the nacd regulatory team on again soon we had the I believe he's the president of NACD. I don't think they have C. I think it's a, the president of NACD on, like, early in COVID. I think it was, like, our 12th or 14th episode. So we'll have uh, the regulatory team from NACD on to kind of follow up to our episode we did recently with Karen and Alex internally on what our team here is doing on the regulatory front, the sustainability front. Um, so it would be good to see, you know, hear from the National Association of Chemical Distributors what what they're seeing, what they're working on. So another one that's uh, coming up here soon. So. Exciting things for the podcast here coming Neat up. Neat
3: stuff. It really yeah. is.
0: Um, obviously I'd obviously like to mention, too, we've been doing the clips on LinkedIn, so certainly appreciate everyone watching those clips on linkedin liking them sharing them um i think something we talk about a lot is obviously there's a lot of good info here we'd love everyone to watch our 45 minute episodes but <laughs> even if we can get the 15 20 second sound bite out there like you said rob just making right. the information available getting it out there you know whether you're streaming a little clip or watching it on the website or reading the view email um you know, we just want to get the information out there. there's a lot of a lot of good stuff in here
1: you know being a company involved on in so many things on so many levels we see we see things before they're out there i mean like uh, you know It may not be the most interesting thing in the world—a chemical industry podcast—but you know, for people in the investment world, they should be watching this. For people in the transportation world, they should be certainly the people in the chemical industry should be watching this or listening to this because uh, you know we've made some very strong predictions that have come true, and and so maybe if we can just save one of our customers or one of our watchers some money or, or some less headaches, yeah. it's worth it. So, uh, please like share, you know, pass along, uh, the information. Cause hopefully a bit of it is valuable to you or someone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and as always, so you know, thank you guys for taking some time this mm-hmm. morning. I think we had a good uh, good episode here. Um, thank you for listening, as always, whether you're streaming the video version, watching all of our faces, um, or the audio version, you know whether you're on the podcast app, the website, on Spotify. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for streaming. As always, there'll be a bunch of show notes down at the bottom wherever you're streaming this. Um, please like, share, subscribe. Um, wherever you stream it we're just glad to get the information out there and whatever medium works best for listeners so as always thank you and we'll see you guys in the next episode thank
3: you thank you